0: Guys, if I sound weird today, if I sound more nasal than usual, it's because I am. (laughs) It wasn't strep. It wasn't COVID. Just, you know, one of those fun summer colds. (laughs) I love being sick and hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the b- hot summer nights mid July uh, when I have diarrhea and snot. Oh my god. I literally <laughs> uh, so Carrie Ann's stressed because now we're behind. It's okay. We're going to we're, we're going to hit the ground running, right? <laughs> Squirt. <sighs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where I must meet this man. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2003 family film classic, in my opinion. Okay. (laughs) Secondhand Lions. I'm a rolling stone from Texas. (laughs) A rolling stone from the plane. (laughs) Okay, guys, this is core. This is core for me. Oh, my (laughs) God. I haven't seen this movie in such a long time. I'm so excited. We're going to have a fun time today. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kicking and streaming podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's this July. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, right, review, retweet. We want everyone to come down and join our little hee-haw watch party. <laughs> what is happening to you over there? I'm a let It's no from Texas. Are you bitten by a Texan and now you're slowly becoming one? Can I help you, ma'am? <laughs> Did you need something? What's this here microphone? <laughs> Ross, tell them about the Patreon. I don't know if you guys knew this, but there's never been a better time to give us your money. So guys, for just $5 a month, you too can be a little onion contributor at the $5 level. The only level. I say that every time, but it's the only tier you can get on our Patreon. Patreon. Guys, just go click on that link. You get access to all of our bonus content, all of our long-form coverage, all of our television coverage. We just did Mad Men. Mm -hmm. You know? We we did Mad Men for July. What are we going to do for August? I guess someone gets to pick because we're coming up on birthday month, folks. Oh, yeah. So please go check that out, guys. Yeah, guys. No, it's not no work. So go show (laughs) Carrie Ann how much you love her and me. Please and thank you
1: bro damn it. Leave us alone. The last thing
0: we need is some little sissy boy hanging around all summer. <coughs> nice doggy. Go play. Take him to the orphanage right this minute.
1: Whether we take him to the orphanage or tie him up and throw him in the lake is our business, not yours. For Walter, spending the summer with his uncles was the last place he wanted to be. Gentlemen, do you worry about the future? The Mississippi Mutual Insurance Company. stuck in the middle of nowhere you sleep up there we don't know nothing about kids if we kick off in the middle of the night you're on your own with two crazy old men there he is and nothing to do is it okay if i go inside and watch television ain't got one no
0: television hey
1: (laughs) no tv but sometimes, you can find adventure in the most unlikely places. They
0: say these two old men got millions stashed away. Nobody knows where they got it. They stole They're
1: the bank robbers from the 20s and 30s. You two disappeared for 40 years. Where were you? You know what I don't like about house guests? Dinner table chit chat, chit chat cinema presents. Who do you think you are, huh? Hub McCann. I fought two world wars and killed many men and loved only one woman. Why uh, aren't you helping it? Hub always holds the bad guys. Michael Kane. This is the best idea you ever had. You bought a used light. It's defective. Can I keep it? <laughs> Robert Duvall. Those stories are true, aren't they? Sometimes, the things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most. Oh, Haley Joel Osment. If I'm gonna live here, there's gonna be some conditions. Conditions? No more dangerous stuff. No fighting teenagers, no airplanes. More vegetables. Make a to be you live to be a hundred. You live to be a hundred. Less meat. All <clears> right. <throat> <Good> barbecue. <laughs> you expect us to die of? Old age? Second hand lions ah!
0: what the? <laughs> Directed by Tim McCanless. Tim McCanleys. McEnleys? McCannleys? McInli McCann lies. Oh, That reads McCann Lies, am it, I right? It does. Which is super, <laughs> super relevant to the movie. Anyway, Carrie, you're going to shit your pants because he's actually been with us before. He's our writer and our director oh. this this week. But Carrie Ann, guess what else he wrote? Tell me. The Iron Giant. <gasps> Which we have done here on main feed. We did that last year, didn't we? And is also a cherished favorite. Was it last year? I can no longer determine when we did certain coverages. (laughs) Like, Carrie, you're also going to die at this. What? He wrote for Smallville for all 10 years. Oh, my. I know. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. We haven't accredited filmmaker here, <laughs> okay? You can definitely tell that this is his you know, his uh not his story, but like the one that he definitely pulled out of his childhood. This was his project, you yeah. know, to showcase what life was like for him. Cause guess what? He's a rolling stone <laughs> from Texas. I really Tim, I need you I need you to come on the show and tell us about whatever uncles you have that this is based <laughs> off of. This and like I said, this is very core for me. I cause this always reminded me of Lowell. Oh, of our grandfather? Our grandpa, yeah. Yeah. Cause like I don't know. I I think Garth looks a lot like Lowell. Yeah, a little bit. Or, well, Lowell looks a lot like Michael Caine anyway. <laughs> but this kind of reminds me of Papa Lowell and our great great uncle Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> w- Wendell helped Lowell out a lot on that farm, which is still in our family. Our mm-hmm. Uncle Scott lives there with an army of cats. Oh, and his wife. <laughs> yeah. We love Becky. Um, <laughs> hi, if you're listening. If you are, I'm petrified. <laughs> They're <laughs> <laughs> very religious guys. Uh, yeah, this always reminded me. of like, oh God, I want to go, I want to go to Papalol's and play with a lion in the corn. Yeah. You know, like I, I would watch this movie all the time as a kid, and it was just so cool. This movie has Holes vibes, yeah, and like Sandlot vibes. You know, yeah, like where we're technically in one place, but we're also everywhere. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no. There's just so many intriguing plot lines coming together. I'm, I'm very happy. Doesn't Holes also take place in Texas? Holes also takes place in Texas. Okay, all right. Indeed. Oh, guys, it made almost $20 million. Hey. Oh, it came out around the time of my birthday. Uh-huh. It came out, like, right before I turned seven. Yeah. So I was a wee thing when this <laughs> came out. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, we are hearing the story of Walter Caldwell this week and how his mother, dropped him off with his (laughs) mysterious great uncles for the summer and the adventures he embarked on there. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Sorry, you took me aback. I mean, what happens when you leave a sad, lonely little kid with two sad, lonely old bastards? (laughs) We're gonna find out. Don't worry. We're gonna find out. I just will also mention that I love a new line film. Oh. And like, Patrick Doyle does the music for this, and the, you know me, sometimes I just think the music makes the movie. Hey, it happens. Patrick Doyle is notable because he did the score for Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. I say notable for that. He's notable for way many more things. I'm pretty sure he did Galaxy Quest score. Mm -hmm. And and Much Ado About Nothing. And he also did uh, Nanny McPhee. Guys, you might have guessed it, but we've got names. Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming. He's been with us here before. Please welcome back... Haley Joel Osment he was uh, he's Walter he's Walter Caldwell he's our protagonist Um, he was with us when we covered Forrest Gump Mm -hmm. back in May Um, I quite literally think those are these are the two movies yeah for Haley Joel Osment as far as I'm concerned well we haven't done The Sixth Sense yet oh yeah (laughs) yeah you're sorry about that your boyfriend Shyamalan my boyfriend (laughs) the way he just looked at me The Village uh huh is a good movie but you know it's not to me but you know it's not what lady in the water it's so not it's bad but it still makes me feel it still makes me feel a certain way i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah i see dead people he's in a much uh more lively uh mood in this film so uh, <laughs> lively i love the the thickening of Haley joel Osment. Like, you look at him, pictures of him now, and he's all fat and happy, you know? He's, he's adorable. He's probably still living off of his Sixth Sense royalties, you know? <laughs> he's probably just having a time. He he's was, my time! He was in that... I hate the title of the movie. It's the, it's the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron. Extremely vile, shockingly wicked, and stupid stupefyingly evil. I don't know. Who named that? It was, it's such a long title. Seriously, like, who named that? I'm sorry. I'll just say that the adult version of Walter is played by Josh Lucas and uh, <laughs> he's from You Can Count On Me with Laura Linney. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's in American <laughs> Psycho. Yuck. Sweet Home Alabama, Beautiful Mind. Hulk, yeah. Lincoln lawyer. Lincoln lawyer? What's he playing? Matthew McConaughey's stunt double? Oh, he's also in Yellowstone. Oh, he's yeah. He's got to be a member of Kevin Costner's family in Yellowstone. He looks too much <laughs> like Kevin Costner. I know. Portraying Hub McCann. <laughs> Walter's first great uncle. Hubert McCann, if you will. Really? That's a Hubert, yeah. <laughs> Hub they, for short. But they call him Hub for short. We have Robert Duvall. Please yeah. welcome him to Kicking and Streaming. One of the oldest living Hollywood actors. Guys, the incalculable curriculum vitae of Heck. Robert Duvall. Curriculum vitae. Like, To Kill a Mockingbird. He's boo-fucking-radley. Yeah. From To Kill a Mockingbird. True Grit. MASH. Oh my god. Tomorrow. Apocalypse Now. That is... Oh, that movie's tough. The fucking Godfather. He's the consigliere! Um, Tender Mercies, for which he won an Oscar. Hey! The Great Santini. Ooh, the civil action. Godfather Part 2. I don't have time, guys. I think he's also in Lonesome Dove. Oh, Gary. What? he's Fred Waterford in the 1984 <gasps> Handmaid's Tale. No way. Yeah, he is. Oh my God. It's also 1990. It's not 1984. I don't know why I said that. I was looking at two different things. Yeah, he's Commander Waterford in Ooh. the really bad film version of uh. The Handmaid's Tale with Natasha Richardson <laughs> as as uh. Offred because we don't get her actual name in that version, right? Oh, yuck. And Faye Dunaway as Serena Joy. Oh, my God. We should watch this. We should. At some point. Anyway, we love Robert Duvall. Politically, not so much, but, like, (laughs) great actor. But, guys, you know whose first kicking and streaming appearance this isn't? (laughs) As Garth McCann, the second of Walter's two old uncles, we have Sir Michael Caine. And you better welcome him back to kicking and streaming because he is a... Fan favorite here on KNS. He's Ebenezer Scrooge from A Muppet's Christmas Carol. He's in so many other things. Oh, yeah, no, like, um, I, I'm, suddenly <laughs> up, I'm suddenly coming up blank. Carrie, Zulu, The Italian Job, Battle of Britain, The Man Who Would Be King. You don't know any of these, do you? No, but I do know the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Oh no, yeah, because he's Alfred. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Hey, Christopher Nolan's a hot button right now. <laughs> Barbenheimer. <laughs> I love it. Austin Powers in Goldmember. That's right! He's, he's Austin Powers' oh, dad. Dirty rotten scoundrel. Oh. Wow, he's in all the Christopher Nolans, because he's in the Dark he's in the Dark Knight ones. He's in Inception. Uh-huh. He's in Interstellar. Uh-huh. He's in Tenet. He's, uh, he's a Nolanite. Uh, he he is a Nolanite. As May Caldwell, mm. Walter's mother, we have Kira Sedgwick. <laughs> Please welcome her to Kicking and Streaming. You'll know her from The Closer on TNT. I was going to say, I can't name that show she was on for a long time. You know her from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. You know her from oh, Born on the Fourth of July, fucking Oliver Stone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> portraying Stan. That guy. <laughs> we have Nikki Cat. I love what you just gasped. Because I'm remembering where I've seen Nikki Cat from. It's Sin City. Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming. He's Stuka in Sin City. Yeah. Carrie. Uh Uh-huh. He's Joe in Planet Terror. Yeah. Yeah, no, we had that conversation when we talked about those two movies because we talked about them in the same month. And he's Sergeant Sharky from Monk. Yep. (laughs) And he's a SWAT member in The Dark Knight. Absolutely. Another Nolanite. He's Razor in School of Rock. (laughs) Wow. The list just keeps going on. I don't have time. He is also a in this movie. We have Michael O'Neill as Ralph and Deidre O'Connell as Helen. Those are the nasty (laughs) parents of the relatives that we don't know how they're related to them. Yeah. I will just mention Michael O'Neill is the head of the Secret Service from West Wing. I knew it. I knew we were not going to be able to skirt past that. Uh, (laughs) I was like, that is the head of the Secret Service. Yeah, no. Yeah, we're talking Secret Service agent Ron Butterfield. Butterfield, that's right. right. (laughs) But Michael O'Neill's been on several television programs. Deidre O'Connell, she's big on the Broadway scene. Christian Kane as young Hub McCann. (laughs) Call me! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kevin Happer as young Garth. Call me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A very less, a much less enthusiastic call me. Eric Balfour as the Sheik's grandson. Call me. (laughs) Emmanuel Vaguier as Jasmine. Call me. (laughs) You'll know her from... Because she's Dr. Helen Bryce from Smallville. Yes, she is. And she's FBI Special Agent Emma Barnes from Human Target. (laughs) And she's she's Addison in Saw 2 and Saw 4. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Alright guys, I've been talking for too long and I'm already out of breath, so <laughs> She's sick I know S-Y-C-K Sick S-Y-C-K-E, sorry <laughs> <laughs> I do love me a new line film Guys, we've got a great opener Oh yeah With these two crazy fucking old men <laughs> flying this World War II airplane <laughs> around 1990s Texas thing about this film this is one of my main quibbles with the film the math isn't mathing oh it isn't we'll get more into it because what we're led to believe is that the main action of this movie takes place in like the mid 50s you think yeah it only makes mathematical sense and i'll explain why when we get there it couldn't be the 60s you don't think even if it was, it still would make no fucking sense okay, all with right. the present day arc. Gotcha. Because, okay, this is Hob and Garth McCann. They are 90 years old <laughs> and they are out in, the, in this plane and you're like, oh, they're crap dusting. They are not. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're just doing tricks. They're being crazy. They have, so, they have more money than God, the Christian God, that is. <laughs> and the way that they fly upside down Underneath that interstate overpass? Not a one of them has a pilot's license. They caught that cop sleeping. (laughs) They did. (laughs) They should not have been, like, this is the definition of fuck around and find out. (laughs) Oh, no. We'll see why at the end, because then we go into the studio office of one Walter Caldwell. Hi, Josh. Oh, stop. I know, I know. I'm so glad we don't have to look at him for most of this. He gets a phone call.
1: Uh, Walter? Yes. Uh, I have some bad news. It's about
0: your two uncles. So... And then we do one of those fades, you know, uh-huh. and we're back in the past. Yeah, this is where the bulk of the narrative is going to be taking place. Like so, yeah, this is May and Walter. May is Walter's mother. I think mother is a very generous term. You're right. I shouldn't even be calling her that because she's no kind of mother to this child. Yeah, the thing is about May is that she's kind of a grifter almost. She's full of promises. She's constantly leaving Walter with other people so she can go run around with men. Yeah. And like, you know what? Who knows what happened in May's childhood to make her like this? It's not the most concrete family you've ever seen before. But she just has this pattern of just dropping her son off with people she barely knows or doesn't know at all. She's got all these stories about going off to like secretarial school or court reporting school. That's what it is. Yeah. Because in court reporting school you have to learn how to use the stenograph. Where are you going this time?
1: Uh, The Fort Worth College of
0: Court Reporting.
1: I met a guy last night.
0: It's going to pull some strings. Walter, you're going to have to learn to trust people or you're going to grow up bitter and disappointed. I already know this is a lie. She's billing this to Walter as she's trying to keep this family together and she needs education to have a steady job so they can have stability. And, you know... She says to him, Walter, you're going to have to learn to start trusting people or else you're going to end up bitter and disappointed. And I'm like, May, that has a lot to do with you, May, ma'am. May, you are actively making him bitter and disappointed. Yeah. Like, this kid couldn't be more disappointed. And so, yeah, Walter is off to stay with his two great uncles, Hubert and Garth McCann, who are his mother's maternal uncles. Her mother, Pearl, is their sister. Yeah. Yeah. And. Please, I hope they were the only three. (laughs) I hope there were no other McCann children because shit. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, the other thing that May wants to make sure Walter knows is that they have millions stashed away in cash or at least... That is the rumor. Yeah, because these men, they disappeared from the face of the earth for like 40 years. And then only recently have they turned back up, right? Yeah, they've come back to their old family homestead in Texas. And they allegedly have millions of dollars. It's why they don't have to work. It's why they never have to talk to anybody if they don't want to. And May's like, well, you know, we're as close as any family they've got. That money will be as good as ours someday. And just, I love Haley Joel Osment's performance in this movie just bt dubs as a little boy i always thought he was super cute yeah i always thought he was super cute in this and god love him we're actively watching him go through puberty the the voice cracking is my favorite thing (laughs) he's like 15 or 16 when they film this (laughs) and like you know he he goes you want them to like me so they'll die and leave us their money we could buy a house maybe settle down wouldn't that be nice I'm with Walter. I am also disgusted with May. Like I just... Ah, just poor Walter. And when May's like, oh, here we are, darling, they pull into this long drive. These men do not want you here. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, the signs. <laughs> I know. As they're driving down the driveway. Danger, <laughs> explosives. Rabid dogs on the loose. Radiation hazard. Isn't there's like something about radiation poisoning? The final one says, turn back now. (laughs) It's not even a fake warning. (laughs) As they're pulling up to this fucked up ramshackle. Yeah, this house is in disrepair. This place is fucked up. Like, (laughs) they weren't wrong about the doggies, though. Oh, they've got like, what, four or five dogs? Several different breeds of (sighs) dogs. They're all adorable. And they're all for chasing off visitors. (laughs) And they find the uncles shooting fish. Hub and Garth are literally in the pond shooting fish to death like <laughs> not using poles they're not fishing at all like that's one thing about Hub and Garth, man they love their guns and not even in a toxic way cause normally they'd be on the porch to you know shoot them away right <laughs> like, yeah when they're, when May is traipsing through the tall grass <laughs> in her in her nice dress with a parasol <laughs>
1: yahoo <laughs> yahoo
0: you send for a hooker
1: May
0: <laughs> Silence.
1: <laughs> May,
0: Pearl's daughter,
1: and I brought Walter, your nephew. Yeah.
0: Relatives. Damn. Okay. They do not like to be visited, guys. Like yeah, like they a lot of things in this life but one of the things they hate most is visits from relatives because everyone is always after this fortune right (laughs) and like (laughs) they don't want to take care of Walter any more than Walter wants to stay with them the hub (laughs) we're all damn it Leave us alone! Yeah, they're old, they don't know anything about kids, because they never had any of their own, and they would just rather not. The way Walter has to sit there on the porch, while May goes inside, and all three of them argue about how no one wants to keep him right now. Oh my god! Like, I just, this poor child. And like, when May is like getting ready to pull off, and Walter's standing there like, please don't leave me here. Yeah! Walter. Walter.
1: Maybe if you'd learn to smile once
0: in a while, then people might like you. Now, come on. How about a big smile to remember you by? Okay? Come on. The smile. I'm sad this isn't a visual medium. I know. Haley Joel Osment chef's kiss like you're really capturing the anguish in this moment and guys there's not a lot to do on this texas farm they don't have a tv they don't have a telephone hub and garth like to sit on the porch all day with shotguns in their lap because there's literally nothing else to do like just the hot texas sun and then that first car comes pulling up Oh my god. See, this is the one thing that Hub and Garth like to do, right? They shoot trespassers like salesmen (laughs) who are always showing up to claim the millions that they reportedly have. That's the thing. That Hub and Garth would be what salesmen would refer to as a whale because they have so much money to give away. And like, so they're a huge target for all these traveling salesmen. Can I at least leave you some pamphlets? (laughs) 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 And then shoot some out of their hand. No, I love it when the second salesman, because Walter has no idea what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And then that first salesman drives away, and then the second salesman pulls up, and Walter just slowly scooching away from them on the porch so he doesn't get hit with shrapnel. That night. They've given him a a gas lamp, you know, from like 1880, whatever the hell. Yeah. And like, they're like, hey, kid, you sleep up there. (laughs) <laughs> in the tower. It's the attic. I don't know why they're being so dramatic. It is kind of a tower in the middle of this house, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... It's that old French imperial style, yeah. you know, that they liked. We see tons of houses that look exactly like this in, like, Knightstown. Yeah. Henry County. you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Spooky haunted feel, you know. <laughs> Spooky haunted feel. We don't know
1: nothing about kids. So if you need something, find it yourself. Or better yet, Learn to do without. Yeah. We're both getting old. Fixing to die any time. So, uh, if we kick off in the middle of the night,
0: you're on your own. Walter's trying to settle himself down for bed. That dusty bed. I know, doesn't that look awful? We notice the trunk with all the fancy stickers, don't we? Yeah, there's this big trunk in the corner of the room that has all these travel stickers from places like Anguilla and Munich and Avignon. Could it be treasure? Don't know, no key. And the way the key literally goes, here I am, and jumps out (laughs) of the bed after he sits on it. Yeah, it's like under the mattress. And he opens up this trunk, and at first it just looks like it's full of sand, (laughs) I was like, what the hell is up with that? Joseph, pay the manger lady. (laughs) Joseph, where's all your money? I spent it on sand. (laughs) And, like, he reaches down into the sand looking for gold coins, and there's this framed photograph of this beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. And with, like, dark hair and pretty eyes. And that's when Walter hears the front door bang open. Because Uncle Hub is doing his night rounds armed with a plunger. (laughs) He's sleepwalking. Yeah, no, and so Walter thinks he might need rescuing from senility or sleepwalking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, when he's watching him sword fight nothing at the edge of the pond. Yeah. And, like, he's conferring with the dogs. Yeah. He's sleepwalking. (laughs) There's no one else to talk to but these two old men and the dogs. So Walter just sits on the edge of the pond with all the dogs. And And he he falls asleep there. Yeah, just watching his uncle fight off this invisible enemy. So they set to planning a new garden. This is Garth's idea, right? Because Hob hates that they're getting old And feeling useless, right? Uh So Garth's like, this is what retired people do. They garden, okay? (laughs) This keeps us out of trouble and keeps us mobile, okay? (laughs) And Hub's like, well, I fucking hate it. And throws the hoe over his his head. He's like, I'm not fucking doing it. And then these nasty ass relatives come pulling up. It's Ralph and Bitch Wife and the three kids. <laughs> you know, you I don't. Get her name. I can't remember her name. Hold on. It's, no, um, it's Helen. It's Helen. Yeah. yeah. And they're three horrible brats. It's never explained just how Ralph and Helen are related to Hub and Garth. It but doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Just the, some nasty ass relatives <sighs> who are trying to cozy up to them to get their money. Yeah, they're literally just here to brown nose. They're and doing what May is doing, only in a more active sense. And they. I hate that Walter is here. They're nasty as hell. Who the hell are you?
1: Walter? Walter? May's boy? Pearl's daughter? That loose widow woman always running around? I figure she'd muscle in. Is May here? How long are you here for?
0: Well, we'll just see about that. We know what you're up to. And don't think you're going to get away with it. they're trying to convince Hub and Garth to take Walter to an orphanage. Yeah, because the way Helen's like, May, that woman, she's never coming back. She left you with him. Oh, my God. You're stuck with him now. The way that Walter comes in, he's like, is this about me? (laughs) Oh, no. And he's like, you better drop him off at the orphanage. And Hub's like, well, hell, better. Yeah, we'll just tie him up and throw him in the lake. Yeah. And Walter is scared. He runs down the road to, like, some little, you know, country grocery store or whatever where there's a payphone outside and he calls the number that may gave him for the college and he's trying to ask the secretary to help him find his mom and he gives her this list of a half a dozen aliases that his griftin' ass mother has used over the years and she's checking every one of them and may's not there raise your hand if you're surprised yeah and no Walter, one walter's like hey she just started come on she's gotta be there She just started. Listen,
1: our classes started back in January. No one could have possibly just started.
0: Hello? Hello? And that's when he realizes that she really did leave him all alone again. So Hub and Garth go out to find him, right? Yeah. And they show up, they find him. And then Garth and Hub come over and sit down next to him. Uh, Garth has to make Hub get out of the car. I know, Hub wants rid of this kid so bad, but Garth is at least trying to be like, he's a child. Yeah, we have to be <laughs> responsible for him. And Garth's like, y- you are here planning your next move? He's looking at a bus map. Walter's like, I'm going to area code 406. Montana and like Hub's like well looks like you've got it pretty well figured out (laughs) and Garth the way Garth keeps looking around him like like I almost expect him to reach the back hand up you know like how come you're you're
1: not heading to uh, Fort Worth where your mama is she's not there she lied again listen kid uh... We know you got your heart set on going to Montana, but uh, no, it's late. Hub, help me out here. Why? Sounds like his mind's made up. Good luck in Montana,
0: kids. Garth, God bless you, Garth. Like, you're trying to do the right thing. (laughs) Like, they're not going to send him to the orphan home. He's been there, done that, doesn't want to do it again. And, like, they kind of invite him to stay instead of, you know, letting him run away to Montana. Because if there's one thing that can be said... He pisses off the relatives. Oh, no, yeah, that's the thing. That's why Hub's like, yeah, maybe we should bring him back because the relatives don't like him. And if we (laughs) have him, maybe they'll go away. (laughs) And, you know, the next day when they're sitting on the porch, because the nasty relatives are here for the weekend, right? Yeah. And Ralph is like, hey. Did you ever look at that will we drew up for the two of you? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to try so hard, Ralph. No, yeah, like, he's obviously scheming. And it's like, I'm sure he drew it up all by himself. And it just needs their neat little signatures, doesn't it? Yeah, this salesman pulls up, trailing something behind his car. <laughs> and this salesman's been here before. No, I like this guy. I love, he knows exactly who he's dealing with. This is President Garcetti from Political Animals. <laughs> he jumps out of the car waving a white anky. Yeah. <laughs> don't shoot. Yeah, don't shoot. <laughs> and the way Walter's like, why not see what he's selling?
1: Let me just show it to you. What the hell for? It's right behind my car. Well, what's
0: the good of having all that money if you're never going to spend it?
1: Trust me. Could be the kid has a point. Yeah, well, we'll see
0: what the man's selling. Then we shoot him. Good They do like what he's selling. Yeah, he's like, I have finally found the perfect product for two fine sportsmen such as yourself. Oh, yeah. And he takes the tarp off this thing he's trailing behind his car... And it's a skeet shooter. There's many names for what this is, but it's- Aw, uh, skeet skeet, motherfucker. Aw, <laughs> uh, <laughs> skeet skeet, goddamn. It's one of those launchers that shoots clay pigeons. Yeah. Or clay targets, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Or anything you want to shoot in the air for sport. Yeah, and like, this is the thing. Hub and Garth have never seen anything like this before. Yeah, because it's 1950 whatever the hell. <laughs> this is something that only like rich estate-owning- like millionaires own this is what the royal family uses for no reason in the summertime wow <laughs> uh. most powerful one on the market
1: and very reasonably priced i might add well that is the biggest waste of money i have ever seen in my entire life mister you load up that contraption and get the hell off this land we'll take it
0: oh no you don't i wanted my children around with gun foolishness and leave and these nasty relatives, they're like, uh-uh, no, I do not want my kids anywhere around that. <laughs> then leave! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do. They get in the car and they drive away and they're like, all right, I think this kid I think this kid could do something for us, you know? In, in like, one fell swoop, we've managed to clear the relatives from the land and have also discovered a delightful new uncle-nephew bonding activity that everyone can enjoy. So that night, the plunger rounds begin again. <laughs> And Garth has to stop Walter from touching Hub in his sleepwalk state. Yeah. (laughs) And Garth and Walter, they make a fire and they sit down and they watch Hub just stare out over the pond all night. Garth is explaining to Walter that Hub has a lot of unresolved feelings from when they were younger. Garth tells Walter that a man's body may grow old, but his spirit can still be young and restless. It looks like... He's looking for something. What? He's looking for her. He's talking about Jasmine, the yeah. wo- the woman from the picture. And guys, this is just the best part of the movie. <laughs> okay, tell me. You want me to tell you the story? Hub was always too
1: restless for Texas, and he convinced our folks that he needed to go to Europe and I needed to come along that was the summer of 1914
0: so guys this wonderfully different cinematic part of the movie where we are transported back to summer 1914 in France and guys they went to Europe these two young brothers at the wrong time. Oh, yeah, because as soon as they get to France, so does the Kaiser. Yeah, so does Germany the first <laughs> time they yeah. decided that the world was theirs. And, like, World War One is just getting started, and they just kind of, like, tour around France where the army isn't until they finally screw up one night in Marseille. And these French soldiers buy them really strong drinks and they end up blacking out. And when they wake up, they've been shanghaied into the French Foreign Legion. Welcome to Ross's History Corner. (laughs) Oh, here we go. The French Foreign Legion is a real thing. And apparently this was very uh, skillful, Tim, you putting this in here, because there were actual recruitment and conscription concerns in France. In 1914. Like people actually getting Shanghai'd? Yes. Oh, no. And by the way, guys, if you've never heard that term, that means you're basically being forced into the armed forces. Well, that's the thing. They already had every fucking Frenchman they could get into the armed forces. And the French Foreign Legion was instrumental because the the French Foreign Legion's job, they would kidnap foreigners Aww. in France. And force them into the armed services. And so, yeah, what's happening to Garth and Hub is essentially a crime. Yeah. But what they're are they going to do? Yeah, they're being trafficked. What And what are they going to do? And, like, you know? for some miracle of God, well, it's not a miracle of God, it's a miracle of Hub, they miraculously survive the war together, and then they kind of go their own separate ways for a couple years. Garth led safaris in deep Africa, while <laughs> Hub... Fought the slave trade in North Africa? And I'm like, hub, 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 hub!
1: No one, slave trader or Bedouin, had ever seen anything like this mad American who fought like 20 men. Hey,
0: the hell are you two doing out here in the middle of the night that's about where the story stops for now yeah <laughs> i was like what the hell are you two doing out here go inside go to bed what the fuck <laughs> when walter gets the letter from may and she's lying her ass off mm-hmm. in the letter yeah and he knows it and i just I, I took the note i'm sure he still misses her yeah like she is his mother like i know that he's pretty much disenchanted with her all the time Mm -hmm. because he knows that she's just gonna lie and manipulate him Mm -hmm. and the usury he knows he's going to be continuously used by her but i'm sure it still fucking hurts i'm sure he still misses her i'm sure that he wants her to want him Mm -hmm. you know how dare she I honestly know. how dare she use him like this? And so Walter and Hub and Garth start bonding more, they're planting a garden of vegetables <sighs> together, and Carrie the way they all get dressed up in the same outfit for the garden—the <laughs> overalls and the cowboy hats—it's like, too precious. <laughs> It's—I want these photos <laughs> on my mantle. Robert Duvall, Michael Caine, and Haley Joel Osment posed in the garden with the tools on the front porch. <laughs> In these outfits, like... <laughs> and the planting is going well until one day Walter points out that all of the shoots look exactly the same. Yeah, no, all these plants are coming in the same. <laughs> and like... <laughs> corn, corn, corn. It's all corn! <laughs> Nothing but corn. Hey, that row looks right. Yeah, that, well, this is corn.
1: All those seeds did look alike, come to think of it. Yeah, like corn. Boy, that seed salesman sure saw so us coming. Saw so you coming.
0: Corn, corn, corn. Nothing but corn. Hub's like, this was your fucking idea. <laughs> and we got taken for a ride on it. <laughs> ah, and then, like, the most out of left field thing happens. Well, you can't say out of left field okay. because it's in the title. But when Hub shouts out, "By God, it's here!" Uh-huh. it really sounds like I got a shit. <laughs> I got does. a shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. It does. Let play it for them. Let them. Let them hear. I got it here. Get help, my load. We'll be right back. And guys, you've never seen it in Texas before, (laughs) but here it is, a giraffe. (laughs) A giraffe. A giraffe's head starts coming into frame. Yeah, this guy driving a flatbed full of wild animals just pulls onto the property. Not wild anymore. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're in Africa anymore, Toto. Like These kooky old misers have bought a used lion. This is the quickest costume change in the history of cinema. (laughs) Yeah. Because then- we see them like they're right back in Africa dressed up (laughs) with their two rifles coming out to where the lion is. Yeah. And yeah, this crate with this lion, the supposed lion in it. And they're like, when Garth is so excited... Oh, this is the best idea you've ever had. They're going to hunt this animal for sport. They're going to release it onto the property. You're going to shoot it? <laughs> and, like, they open up that crate. This big buildup to opening up the crate to see the lion. <laughs> and they're expecting that lion to come popping out of there. It's an old, truly timid, tame, and tired lioness. She's just chilling. Big kitty. <laughs> she is. Yeah, she's, she's a is big kitty. unbothered. She's, <laughs> she's just laying there. She's looking around out. Out of the box like mm, i guess i'm here now you know like poor thing come on out of there hey you in the crate get your line
1: butt out of there Looks awful tape
0: <coughs> this line's no good it's it's defective and, like, since it's boring to them, <laughs> they let the kid keep her. Yeah, they're not going to, you know, hunt down a lion that's just, like, shooting fish in a barrel, right? To me, it's like the first time Walter lights up as a character. Yeah. Can I keep her? <laughs> Can I keep Can her? I keep him? I'll feed him and take care of him and everything. And much to Hub's chagrin, he names her Jasmine. Hub is super offended by that when when Walter <laughs> tells them that. Oh, my God. And the way Garth rolls his eyes, he's like, what... So, I don't know if this is a real thing, but they go to this depot to pick up. Purina Lion Chow? Yeah, like 50-pound bags of it. And all the men at the depot are like, I haven't seen an order for this in like 50 years, but here we go. No, when you have big exotic animals like that, you've got to buy the feed at a millery through the mail. Did Purina actually make Lion Chow? I'd be willing to bet that they did. Oh my god, and so- these bags weigh 50 pounds a piece, right? And Hub is tossing them over his shoulder like it's nothing. This 70-year-old <laughs> man. And these these men are like, them bags weigh 50 pounds a piece. You want some help with that? The way Garth and Walter have to take both of them. <laughs> bo- it takes both of them to put one bag <laughs> in the truck. And meanwhile, Hub gets the rest of the bags. And then getting into the truck, Hub collapses. Yeah, it shocks no one that Hub experiences a cardiac event. Yes. And now we're in the hospital (laughs) waiting on news from the doctors. So Walter gets up to take a drink out of the drinking fountain. And this woman is sitting around the corner going, psst, psst. And Walter's (laughs) like, can I help you? And she leans in and goes, you're with those McCann brothers. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) yep, I am with them. (laughs) And she goes,
1: I know ex- mafia
0: and they're all the run with millions that they stole from bone. and I love how he's like just looks at her like hmm and then turns <laughs> around and goes and sits back down like he didn't believe her at all but you know there is no real explanation for all this alleged wealth and where it came from and Walter's like in his mind he's like I don't want to believe that. Can we have more story time, Uncle Garth? Like Yeah, Walter demands to hear more about Africa. And this is where Garth finally tells him about Jasmine, right? So yeah, no, um Hub <laughs> um Hub was fighting against the North African slave trade. And what he was doing was he was literally um rescuing women who were marked for sex trafficking. Put your tongue back in your mouth. It's so... I know. How, how noble. <laughs> how hot. Like. And one of the enslaved women, Hub Freed, was a handmaiden to a princess. Can I just daydream here a little bit for you historically? <laughs> okay. The only way there would be a princess in North Africa at the time would be the Kingdom of Morocco which is a country that Garth mentions when Walter first asked the question, where you been for 40 years? Uh-huh. The Alawi dynasty. Oh, okay. In Morocco.
1: One of the women the hub freed was handmaiden to a princess. And she told her mistress the story of her rescue. Most of all, she told her about the handsome, heroic American... I must meet this man,
0: the princess said. I must meet this man, (laughs) she says when her handmaiden tells them about the dashing American who saved her from slavery. She's literally like, I gotta hit that. Yeah, I know, and I do too! Look at him! Look at Hub! Young Hub, Hub me! Like... Sorry. So, That's... Please cut that out. I'm not going oh! to. I'm so leaving that in. I uh, just... Anyway. And so she arranges this peculiar little meet cute for them. Like, this is so random. He's just riding his horse in surf one day <sighs> along the Mediterranean, and this... Person dressed all in black in a disguise rides up next to him, and I'm like, okay, well, this is like gonna be the longest two minutes of build up in the world because we know it's Jasmine, yeah. And like when it ends up being Jasmine Carrie. uh huh. You know what this reminds me of? What, remember in Big Mouth when they're writing the fanfic, <laughs> yeah, Gustavo and <laughs> Fatima. <laughs> I bet, I, you know what, I bet her name was. Yasmina. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be more um, Arab, you know, Yasmina. And I just, it's the, it's the, Carrie, it's the cinematography in these parts of the movie. It kind of looks like a perfume commercial. Like, (laughs) ah, Carrie, it does! (laughs) When they're both rising up out of the waves on the beach to stare (laughs) at one another.
1: Many people say there's no such thing nowadays as something you only find in stories. But when these two set eyes on each other, for the first time. This was honest to God. No kidding, sure enough. Once in a lifetime. Love.
0: At first sight. And I mean, the thing about Jasmine, guys, is that she's already promised to a very wealthy sheik. I believe Jasmine's father is the king of Morocco. Okay. Or it wasn't a king then. He was the Sultan oh, of Morocco. Yeah. And so. The thing about Arab royal dynasties is that you had a thousand wives. Yeah. And a thousand children from those thousand wives. Yeah, the sheik knows about hub and that she's in love with Hub and so he basically kidnaps Jasmine and takes her to his kingdom and of course Hub comes for her why else would we be here yeah I know yeah but it's so like oh. hot it, it, <laughs> it's so hot this actor Chris Kane he's just doing Hub justice he just really is he's I, doing I, Hub justice while Hub does justice I'd almost I'd almost like to erase all of the presidents day narrative (laughs) i just want i just want a hub garth and jasmine movie where's my prequel like it's giving spy kids vibes first-hand lions (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) first-hand oh lord i hate myself
1: anyway they got married and lived happily ever after the end
0: but wait if if they lived happily ever after, then 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 they got married and she'd be here right now with us, right? Didn't they have kids? Where are they? But before Garth can answer. Hub comes, too, and begins checking himself out of the hospital against medical advice. It's the tray that comes smashing into the empty hallway. (laughs) The bedpan. Get out of my face! (laughs) Yeah, Hub has been revived and wants the hell out of this hospital. Because this is part of his problem. Being in this hospital and being hooked up to all these machines is reminding him that he's getting old and that he's getting useless. (laughs) Who put me in here? You two! And they just shake their heads. (laughs) It was them. They were the ones that put him there. And, like, the thing is, is that... Life doesn't have any meaning for him anymore, right? Yeah, yeah no. That, that They go and they get something to eat. And Hub says he's terrified of being useless because when they were young, things made sense. And now they don't anymore. And then they start getting intimidated by these young yahoos. Oh, yeah. This teenage, this group of teenage greasers come into this little barbecue joint and start hassling them. They're try- He's trying to take his barbecue. They're trying to take Hub's barbecue. And, like, even though he just got out of the hospital. Okay, no, wait.
1: No, <laughs> he goes Here's a perfect example of what I've been talking about Since this boy was suckling on his mama's tit He's been given everything but discipline And now his idea of courage and manhood Is to get together with a bunch of punk friends And ride around irritating folks
0: Too good natured To put a stop to it <laughs> Hey, who do you think you are, huh? It's the, it's the way the guy goes Who do you think you are? And Garth turns around in his stool, grabs Hub on the shoulder, and goes, Don't kill him, Hub. He's just, a, <laughs> he's just some stupid kid. <laughs> yeah, even though he just got out of the hospital, Hub is feeling like a fight. Hub then grabs this Yahoo by the collar, slams him on the counter, and goes,
1: Hub McCann. I fought in two world wars and countless smaller ones on three continents. I led thousands of men into battle with everything from horses and swords to artillery and tanks. I've seen the headwaters of the Nile and tribes of natives no white man had ever seen before. I've won and lost a dozen fortunes, killed many men, and loved only one woman with a passion a flea like you could never begin to understand. That's who I am. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is my favorite moment in the movie, honestly. And they decide, this old man can't treat us this way. (laughs) And they draw their knives. And the way Garth then begins to negotiate with Hub about physically fighting these young men. Yeah. Now, Hub, you just come out the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) There's only four of them, Garth. (laughs) Well, <laughs> how about this? I'll let you fight this first one. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, and then you can fight the other three, okay? And- Hub! Hub, who is in his 70s, <laughs> takes on these four boys single-handedly! Garth is like, okay, well, you better pick up that knife, because you're going to need it. <laughs> he cleans all of their cloth. Who's minding the store? <laughs> yes, yeah, well- all- He is kicking their asses! And there's like- no proprietor to be seen. <laughs>
1: Why aren't you helping him? Hub always hugs the bad guys. He's selfish that way.
0: But there's four of them. Three of them. Go on, Hub. Hey! The way Garth is like, Hub always hugs all the bad guys, so I never get involved anymore. <laughs> Go on, Hub, he says. Like, and like, <sighs> I know. Those nasty-ass relatives showed up at the hospital earlier to see Hub, but he was gone. And so, consequently, because of the fight, the nasty relatives show up back at home before they do, and then they come pulling up with the carload full of the beaten-up teenagers. Yeah, because... I don't know why this is happening. They've brought them back to the house so they could put raw meat on all their black eyes. I mean, he beat him up. Now we gotta take care of him. We gotta nurse them back to hell, you know? <laughs> and Ralph and Helen's awful boys have in the background unwittingly released Jasmine the lion from her crate, you know, thinking it's stuffed. Yeah, why would there just be a stuffed lion in a crate in the yard? You <laughs> stupid little fucks. Anyway, and all the men think it's go time. Get the gun. Get out.
1: Get out of the way. Get, out. Get the go gun. On. Come here. Get out.
0: Jasmine thinks the cornfield is a jungle. Yeah. It's probably the closest thing to an actual jungle she's ever seen, right? And, And like, so Walter takes off into the corn after her, and all of the men, and I think the women and children... Oh, no, everyone gets a rifle. (laughs) They just all found them in the house. This is Texas. Yeah, I know. So there's enough rifles for everyone, even the kids. (laughs) And And, they're all going row by row through this, like it's a safari. And we find Walter wrestling with Jasmine in a clearing. (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) Oh, yeah. Stop, stop, yeah. Stop, stop. <laughs> <gasps> she's feeling a lot better Jasmine's just cuddling Yeah She's just tussling with him And, and, and look at his face. Walter's big grin I think she's feeling much better <laughs> And so The nasty ass Helen <laughs> She's like I am not coming back here Until you get rid of that monster And Hub's like Well, the lion stays, so... (laughs) No, I almost expect him to say, Promise? Yeah, I know, yeah. (laughs) Do you promise? (laughs) And then we see... Hub giving to the young men his what every young man needs to know about being a man speech or whatever. Yeah, he's like off in the distance, like bidding them goodbye, and Garth and Walter are sitting on the porch. Garth says a lot of men have heard this speech over the years. (laughs) Walter insists that Garth finally hurry up and finish the story about Jasmine and Hub, because there's no way that was the end, right? Yeah, we get more story time, and Hub and Jasmine spent a few happy years together, but then the Sheik, mad about Hub stealing his potential wife, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's you got, know, 20 you've got 20 others. He's got 20 others. So the Sheik puts a price on Hub's head, and assassins come from all over to get Hub for stealing Jasmine. Yeah, they're dodging assassins at every turn. I mean, granted, the bounty is 10,000 pieces of gold. That whole action sequence with the horses in the canal is just... <laughs> you love it? Tim! Tim! <laughs> and, like, there's no way they can go on living like this, right? S- Always looking over their shoulder? Yeah, so one assassin... Assassin captures and leads Hub to the Sheik and the Sheik endows this assassin with 10,000 pieces of gold <laughs> the assassin is Garth Yeah, no, in disguise it's so funny what kind of greedy no good scum would turn an Uncle Hub for money well I would <clears throat> ah, it was a trick yeah it was a trick and we, I love we see that action sequence where Garth, with all this gold on him, is kicking all these men's asses. <laughs> While Hub's in chains. And then it cuts back to reality. Wait a minute. You saved Uncle Hub?
1: <laughs> this is
0: my favorite Garth line. You saved Uncle Hub all this time carrying hundreds of pounds of gold?
1: You don't, you don't believe I killed all those men saved Hub?
0: <laughs> it's the look on Walter's face!
1: <laughs> well... Hub might have helped just a a little.
0: We see what actually happened, which was Hub kicking everyone's ass while Garth struggles to get his pistol out of his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so funny. I love that so much. Hub goes to the Sheik and challenges him. Oh, yeah, because he's asleep when he finds him, right? He could have very easily killed him in his sleep, but that's not how Hub rolls. That's not honorable. That's not honorable, Hub. Absolutely not, so... Defend yourself. Oh, this is so awesome! Defend yourself, Hub cried.
1: And he threw the Sheik a sword. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: sheik totally cheats and uses two swords hub still manages to disarm him like it's so badass yes the way it's shot is a little crude and kind of almost fairy tale like yeah but i just love the way it's just got so much heart in it and again hub with the awesome lines
1: but hub just said twice i have held your life in my hands And twice, I have given it back to you. The next time,
0: your life is mine. And Hub just disappears over the balcony? I have, that's so cool, I have such, I have a literary chubby. (laughs) It's like, and watching Garth and hub right off into the distance together? With Jasmine! Like, they got the gold and they got Jasmine! Oh my god. And also, allegedly, this is where the gold came from. Yeah, no, that's where they got all the money. The millions came in gold from the Sheik. And so, that answers that question, but then when Walter asks what happened to Jasmine, Garth throws up his hands and said, listen, I'm tired of telling stories on him.
1: You finally gonna tell me what happened to Jasmine? Nope.
0: What?
1: You want to know what happened to Jasmine? You're going to have to ask him.
0: Ask Uncle Hub? Are you crazy? Look what happened last time.
1: I'm tired of doing all the dirty work around here. If you want to hear the end of this story, you're going to have to ask him.
0: The next day, when Hub has an airplane in pieces delivered, okay, I've got to talk about this for a second. Because it wasn't until I watched it this time that I did truly understand That Hub definitely has a death wish. You know, because he feels old and useless and doesn't want to outlive his usefulness. So ever since they bought that clay pigeon launcher from that traveling salesman, he's been just trying to up the game in dangerous purchases. Because there was no gun accident with the, with the clay pigeon launcher. And then he could have died fighting those kids. But he didn't. Yeah. He survived a cardiac event. And that lion also didn't rip him limb from limb. Yeah. So now it makes complete sense that there is a biplane arriving in pieces on the back <laughs> of a truck. Hub, an airplane. <laughs> an airplane? Yep,
1: always wanted one. You always said you never set foot in an airplane. You don't trust them before to fall right out in the sky. Well, they're dangerous, right? Plenty dangerous. You got a book of instructions
0: or something? Uh, right here.
1: You don't know a damn thing about airplanes. Yeah, well,
0: I'm going to learn. Walter's like maybe it's just a new hobby And Garth's like (laughs) And that night we're doing our plunger rounds (laughs) We're fighting off people You know Seeing as how Uncle Hub could definitely be out of the picture shortly Walter decides that he better nut up And ask him about what happened to Jasmine Because who knows if Uncle Hub's gonna be around To give him the answer And when he puts the blanket around him In his sleepwalk steak and then wakes him up What's the matter? What are you
1: doing here? Got something to say to me?
0: What happened to our Uncle Hub? What happened to Jasmine? And we are not prepared for the answer. No. She died.
1: Died in childbirth, hurting the baby.
0: He went back into the French Legion until his body couldn't take it no more. And now he's just basically waiting to die. That 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 is basically what he's doing right now. He's just waiting for the cold release of death. And Walter says, okay, so the stories are true. And Hub says it doesn't matter that they're true or not. And Walter says, it does matter, or at least <laughs> it should. Well, this is a child who has never had an adult tell him the truth before, right? Yeah, no. And he's like, yeah, no, it matters to me if it's true. And this is where Hub tells him that sometimes... Things that may or may not be true are the things a man needs to believe in the most. That people are basically
1: good. That honor, courage, and virtue mean everything. That power and money, money and power mean nothing. That good always triumphs over evil. And I want you to remember this, that
0: love, true love never dies remember that boy? He did a good job with that. He did. And I'm like, because that's a snippet of his what every boy needs to know about being a man speech, right? It's all very beautiful, but like, Walter's heard words from adults his whole life, and he doesn't want him to stop at words, right? He wants Uncle Hub to actually stick around and give him the rest of that speech. He says, you have to stick around for me. I need you. What about Uncle Garth? He needs you.
1: And what about the dogs and, and and the pig and the lion? We all need you. I need you. No, no, you're just being silly. No, it's true. You're being silly. It's true.
0: I know you miss Jasmine an awful, awful lot. But but if you go, we'll miss you just as much. Walter's basically like, listen, Hub. There's no excuse for feeling useless anymore. Cause I'm here. You have people that care about you, and we are literally right here. And I'm crying by the end of it, Roz, cause Haley Joel Osmond is crying, and Robert Duvall's about to cry, and. Well, stop crying, because the corn harvest is great. <laughs> They're eating corn, corn, corn. I wrote, listen, when corn is good, it's good. Oh, when you can snap it in half in the middle of the ear. Summertime! (laughs) And the corn is easy. And you know, one night, Walter follows Garth into the barn. Because, all right, I've seen Hub's nighttime happenings. What are Garth's (laughs) nighttime happenings? And this is where I'm like... Of course it's Garth that does the books. Yeah. <laughs> of course of course Garth holds the purse strings because like Walter is spying on him through the slats in the barn wall and Garth opens up this trap door in the floor and Walter watches him go down in there and remove stacks of money from under the floorboards. Cash. Straight cash. Not gold coins. Cash. And after Garth walks away, Walter opens the door up, shines a flashlight down into it, just in the bowels of this barn. It's covered in cash. Just like a Scrooge McDuckery down here. Yeah, no, quite literally. And all oh, that cash. And you know, I get it. This is Texas. But what if something happens to that barn? <laughs> what if it burns down? I know these are old men who live through the Depression and probably hate banks. This money looks stolen to you. Uh... Walter is now wondering if it really is all stolen and wondering a lot about his two uncles and their past. Because remember that woman who said they might have worked for the mafia and stolen a bunch of money from Capone? Yeah, like... Is that what is happening here? So, one night soon after, guess who fucking shows up Uh, that May? And she's here with Stan, her new man. Also, remember when he was reading that fake ass letter and it was postmarked Las Vegas? Yeah. She really thinks he's dumb. I know. She really thinks he's stupid. She gives this kid no credit for anything. And May and Stan have this story that Stan is a private detective. My <laughs> number one. Yeah. He claims that Hub and Garth are murderers and robbers and they stole all that money and they they left Jasmine to die back in the day. Oh, this is so crazy because the way that May is yes-anding him... No, not them. It, it can't be. Stan knows what he's talking about, honey. But what about Jasmine? She and Uncle Hub were in love. I have a picture. Honey, I... wasn't Jasmine the woman who was driving the getaway car?
1: Oh, right. Oh, Jasmine she was wounded and they just drove off
0: and left her for dead they basically try to convince Walter that Hub and Garth have been telling him lies this whole time they're like oh we came as soon as we figured it all out just tell Stan where the money is and then we're leaving yeah all three of them they're gonna be one little happy family I just love Why do you need to know where the money is? That just proves to me that Walter didn't trust them from the get-go. I know. Because he's smart. I know. And he knows who his mother is and what she does. And what kind of men she picks. Exactly. Walter calls bullshit immediately. These people are sick. I know. I hope May rots. Stan takes Walter away. Oh, no. To beat some sense into him. Yeah. And it's just, he punches... Oh, it's so dark when he punches him in the stomach and is like, listen, we can be friends or we can be enemies. Which oh, one is it going to be? He's so scary, Ross. And May is letting it happen. I know. And then the adventure horns in the background <laughs> and just the way that Walter looks him in the eye. Defend yourself. Kicks him square in the nuts. (laughs) I wrote cojones. (laughs) And he's trying to get away, but Stan cuts him off and is now beating the fuck out of him in the yard. Like he's on top of him, punching him over and over again. And Jasmine, who's just chilling in what's left of the cornfield, hears her master... Crying out, and it's like help is on the way, dear Can I just say one thing? Oh, not this. This is the third scene with the lion. Yeah, it's the last. Oh, so Ross, this is as good a time as any to talk about your thoughts on this climax. Hey, you mean anticlimax? Uh, it is a little bit, isn't it? No, it's the way. Okay, May rouses Hub and Garth, right? Because mm-hmm. there's shit going on. And they come out with their guns because the lion's attacking Stan. <laughs> the way it just cuts to silence immediately. Uh, uh, I heard the noise! Jasmine? Because the lion, guys, literally, quite literally just dies. Yeah. For no apparent reason. Has a heart attack and dies on top of Stan. The, the, the... the the action literally just cuts dead. You know, Haley Joel Osment is holding the stuffed lion, <laughs> and Stan is. There's no more shots of Stan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the ground, and like it just. Walter's so upset. What happened to her? Looks like her
1: heart gave out in all the excitement. Yeah, she was plenty old, you know. Look, I think she's smiling. I guess she died happy. Die with the boots on, that's the main thing. We're taking her cup.
0: And guys, what I think happened here was that the death of the lion was way darker. Either one of the uncles shot her to keep her from killing Stan, or Stan killed the lion with some gun or knife we didn't see. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the test audience didn't like how dark it got. It is a kid's movie. And so they decided to just. Make it so the lion's heart gave out and died all of a sudden. Now listen, I know you think that- Because that could have been Hub earlier, right? Yeah, I do like the way they did it that way because it just, it makes more sense in the fold of the narrative, but the reshoot itself is a little messy. Yeah, no, it just- It's clumsy almost. The way Hub goes, she died with her boots on. That's the main thing. Protecting her cub. Kind of like how Hub was protecting his own earlier. Yeah. And how Garth's been protecting his own the whole time. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love Garth. I know. I I would love to be Garth's brother. Like, you know just like the sad little sequence with them burying her in the garden. No, they bury her in the middle of that field where she and Walter first bonded. It's the jungle, yeah. (laughs) I want to cry. The way these two crotchety old men never dress up for anything, not even the Lord, and they are both in their Sunday best to bury this friggin lion that they originally intended to kill and are now having a ceremony for her because she was so important to this young man. I'm, I need a minute. You'll be fine. <laughs> we quickly realized that May is still going to take Walter back. Yeah. It's not all good news folks, because Stan didn't die. He's just tore up from the flora. No. Yeah. He's immobile. He's in one of those full body casts, like the guy with paper bones and glass skin from, or sorry, glass paper skin and glass bones from uh, SpongeBob. Yeah. And Walter of course does not want to leave, but he can't really do anything. I'll, be back for the rest of that speech if I'll be here. Thanks for the, st- the stories and, and everything. It- it-, it it meant an an awful, awful lot. Hob and Garth don't want him to leave either. Yes. Yeah. Poor child. He is wanted here. Yeah. And like, he belongs with these darling old men. There's really awkward hugs goodbye, and Walter thanks them for everything, and then he gets in the car and May tells them they're gonna drop Stan in Las Vegas before moving on with their lives, and you know, they drive off and Hub immediately wants him back after they drive off. Yeah, it's like we gotta hire a lawyer.
1: She doesn't deserve that kid. Maybe we should get a lawyer. No judge gonna take a child away from his mother and give it to old banks or uncles. Maybe she'll sell him to us. How much money we got? Uh, well, there's nothing we can do. He's gone.
0: Even the dogs are upset. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I just, and like. They have no legal claim. I'm in mean, no recourse because his trash mother is still around, and I just, I hate everything. In the car on the road, Walter asks May, Okay, so where are we going next after we get rid of Stan? And here comes the horrible Dumbledore lie! And May's like, Well, you know, well, honey, uh, Stan's kind of need a lot of looking after. You know, fight or flight? Yeah. This is flight. Open the car door and roll. Walter literally opens the car door and jumps out. (laughs) Next to this bridge.
1: Walter! What are you doing? Oh my God!
0: And May's like, hold the phone. (laughs) And he's running away. He runs, he runs halfway down the bridge, and May catches up to him like she's so concerned. And, like, you know, he gets up in her face. You're still burying him after everything. Oh, he's not so bad. A little rough around the edges, but he can change. Mom! He says he loves me. Has he hit you yet? Mind your own business. Here's the thing. He has. He totally has, guys. Yeah, and again, May's got problems. I do actually believe she loves him, but I you know, I I do hate it. It's the it's the slight pang of feeling bad for May. Yeah. You know, cuz she doesn't know how to take care of herself. That's the thing. And she, therefore she can't take care of him. She's not emotionally mature enough to actually be his mother. She doesn't have anything she doesn't have any money she doesn't have anything on her own she's not independent and she looks she looks this child in the face and goes honey we don't have any choice and what best come back to a parent ever maybe you don't what
1: Um Do something for me. For once. Do something that's best for me. Okay?
0: Oh, I'm crying. And I'm sobbing. Yeah. Like And they hug each other. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it sucks because she is his mother. Yeah. But I think she knows now in that moment that what is best for him is to let him... Have consistency. And so we cut to the uncles sitting on the front porch, wondering what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. And, you know, for a second I'm like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please let this happen. And then, of course, here comes Walter strutting up the road, pleased as pie. He drops that suitcase and goes, okay, if (laughs) I'm going to live here, i got to have a couple conditions. (laughs) He lays down the law with them. And he's like, one. You two gotta stick around until I'm through with high school, at least. Preferably college. You both got responsibilities now. Two. You both gotta take better care of yourselves. More vegetables, less meat. Uh, And three. No more dangerous stuff. No fighting teenagers, no airplanes. wait one minute. At least till I'm through with college. Maybe longer. You expect us to die of? Old age? And he just grins and, like, (laughs) nods at them. Yes. Yes, I do. And just, it's Garth saying, welcome home. And I'm sobbing! And guys, Hub and Garth raise him into manhood. That kid's (laughs) smile says it all. I know. Like. He, He finally gets the family he deserves. And we cut back to the present where adult Walter is receiving the news that his uncles have passed away. In the plane crash! Guys, they tried to fly the plane through the barn. (laughs) These 90-year-old men! That's two 90-year-old men who can't gauge density. (laughs) Uh. Why on earth they thought they could fly that thing upside down through the barn, (laughs) I don't know. Carrie... Maybe they actually just decided to kill themselves. And go together? Yeah, like... God love them. Maybe they just decided it was time. And what's sweet is, as we're listening to that phone call again, we're seeing Walter's cartoonist drafting table. He has a series... Walter and Jasmine. It's kind of like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, it's very cute. Like, <laughs> and like, That's how he makes his living now. He's a cartoonist. We're seeing all these samples of his work where he's obviously dramatized his adventures as a child with... Jasmine the lion and life on the farm with his uncles and the dogs and Ross, I'm gonna cry again. And Sheriff Grady's like, listen, you got you got you got to come out here. Obviously, <laughs> you're next of kin. There's no one else to call. Carrie, this is what I'm saying. The math isn't mathing because obviously the adult Walter we see is not that old, right? He's probably 35. Like, yeah, like mid 30s, whatever. Which would make it like which would make it like the 70s. Years. Well, yep. Yep, it would make oh. it like the 70s or the 80s or whatever. See, but that cop car- There's an extra 25 years that's been snuck in here. No, 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 no. I think I don't think it's supposed to be the 90s. I think it could be the early 80s because that cop car doesn't look very 90s. It looks more mid-80s. Yeah, well. So, <laughs> I don't know. It could be. It could not be. But And so, Sheriff Grady, I guess, produces a will- Yeah. That the two old fucks have written. And it's It's literally Ron Swanson. (laughs) It's just a piece of paper. He opens it up and it says The kid gets it all. Just plant us in the damn
1: garden. With the stupid lion.
0: (sighs) This is the most out of pocket part of this movie. It wasn't part of the original ending. This helicopter comes out of nowhere <laughs> uh, lands in their yard and this beautiful arab man <laughs> he's uh, so sexy anyway uh, <laughs> he steps out of this helicopter with his own tiny child yeah and he's like look buddy this is where they lived and i'm like hello <laughs> and that that's exactly what walter's like like um hi Cause like this is this guy looks hella rich. The helicopter says Sahara Petroleum on the side. Yeah, no, yeah. Cause uh, that's what that's what happened to the sheik. He went on to make millions in oil. He's like, hey, sorry for just like landing here. <laughs> uh, forgive me. We were in Houston when we heard their names on the news, and always just had to
1: come. When I was a boy, my grandfather told me such stories. Your grandfather. Very wealthy sheik. He used to love to tell me stories about his wild youth. I mean, amazing, unbelievable stories all about two brothers, Hub and Garth McCann, the most valiant and brave men, huh? He called them his most honored adversaries. <laughs>
0: The only man who ever outsmarted me. <laughs> this sexy man is the grandson of the Sheik from Hub and Garth's stories. And he also, just like Hub and Garth, passed along legendary stories to his children and his children's children. No, yeah, the, the, only, the only man that ever got away from his grandfather, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, what's oddly beautiful about this moment is that Now Walter, and this man whose name we never get, uh, they can now carry on the memory of Hub and Garth. The mega yacht in the pond. Oh my god! I forgot about that! Sorry, just had to mention it. (laughs) That makes them both chuckle. (laughs) Who puts a mega yacht in a pond? Here's the thing though, Carrie. They could not only, one, afford to buy the mega yacht, Uh but two afford to pay for it to be brought into the middle of Texas (laughs) and put into a pond where it can never go anywhere. You know that thing's touching the bottom. It is. It's it's just sitting. (laughs) It's just sitting in there. (laughs) And yeah, now they can chuckle about these kooky, miserly old weirdos. And the super forced line from the kid. Oh, I hate this. So, the two men from Great grandfather's Stories,
1: they really lived? Yeah. They really lived.
0: And the only thing that would make this ending so much better (laughs) is if adult Walter and the Sheik's grandson shared in a passionate kiss. I know. It's kind of awkward with the kids standing there. (laughs) (laughs) The kid's probably going to be like, What about mom? You know, like, (laughs) does this mean. Are we going to live here now? Yeah. And, like, I just. Carrie, do you know that this has been adapted into a Broadway musical? Yes. Yes. The look on your face right now. Yes, Carrie. It is a musical. I don't know if it got all the way on Broadway, but it definitely was on an off-Broadway production. Oh my god, the poster's like a map with like a compass on it, and the plane! Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. How how does the plane get worked into the stagecraft, I I wonder? I wonder. (laughs) I just wonder. But them robbers, they took off in a biplane that they manned. It was just one of the many getaway flights of the wild
1: And way on up to Illinois. Yeah, that's the way of the Wild
0: Lion Boys. That's like the opening number. Uh-huh. The Wild Lion Boys. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's like the musical offers you several different versions of... How they got their wealth. Of how they got their wealth, and you have to decide which one is true or Ooh, something. How very big fish. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, guys, I love that movie. Oh. Mm. I love that movie so much. It was so core for me. It's so simple and yet so amazing at the same time. Yeah. And like, I was actually crying earlier. I've never cried while watching this movie before. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I don't know. It was just that very human moment between May and Walter for me, you know, and Haley Joel Osment. Where's the Oscar? Like he did such a good job. Like he's in he's one he's a Macaulay Culkin kid. He is so fortunate that he had the opportunity to do this movie with fucking Robert Duvall and Michael Caine. We did not talk at all about how Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine, knighted <laughs> by the Queen, uh-huh, famous for his cockney accent is believable (laughs) Yeah, as this lifelong Texas resident. Like, you know, like not only is he a very seasoned actor, but he's very good with imitation. I'm going to try and find it and drop it in this clip of him reading Shakespeare as John Wayne. So yeah, he's very good at that. And just, I just, there's this empathetic quality to Michael Caine where he can be in the hardcore adventure action shit but still have, like, that gooey center in all of his characters. It's, just, like, just a good guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. A man's man. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think this movie, while it being very simple, touches on a lot of deep things. Yeah. Like aging and the truth and... Parenthood. Being useful uh-huh. and, like deciding whether or not to stick around, yeah, you know, it's like, it's a little deep and I feel like the original cut of this movie, which I wish I could see would have just been way better, but like, whatever, you got to take something from me. You got to take something from me. I think what I take away the most from this film, besides all the very sweet and endearing non-traditional family stuff is that you really just, you know, you should really talk to old people more I understand that they're not all winners, and a lot of them got a lot of really warped, antiquated opinions, but you should really just ask older people questions. A lot of the older people from when I was really little, I do miss them. Mm Mm-hmm. They were definitely not all perfect human beings. Some of them were bad people. But I do miss them for more than anything... For the world they're from. They can answer a lot of very interesting questions. They are from quite literally a complete... Like our great-grandparents who are all gone now. Yeah. As of seven years ago, that whole generation of our grandparents are gone. They are quite literally from a different time. And we don't have them around anymore to ask what it was like, you know? And that's invaluable, and you're right. You definitely, like, if guys, if you have anybody, you know, from that time in your life, alive today, ask them the questions before they're not around anymore, you know? They just might surprise you with some long-lived wisdom. I mean, I, Or s- maybe millions of dollars in cash. <laughs> you never know. May- what if I sat down next to some nice old lady at a bus stop? What if I just Forrest Gumped it, you know? <laughs> And was like, tell me, you tell me story? a story? And then at the end of it, what if she was so grateful that she wrote me into her will? <laughs> you can have whatever the cats aren't getting. No one ever asked me what it felt like to be me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my voice is shot from recording. <laughs> I'm dying of dry throat. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right, guys, we are so sorry about this, but we have lives too, God damn it, okay? <laughs> So you're not getting a regular release on main feed next Monday, the 31st. We're taking it off. Somebody's going on a little anniversary getaway. (laughs) Yes, Carrie Ann and Gavin, the editing bay, are getting together and going to, wait for it, southern Indiana. (laughs) How Midwest of us. Happy anniversary to the two of you. Thanks. You're welcome. Gavin, thank you for always downloading the audio from all the movies that we need. <laughs> but guys, while we're gone, we're just gonna rerun something. And then when we get back, it's Oh gonna... no! Oh no, wait a minute! No! <laughs> when we get back, guys, it's gonna be birthday month for Carrie Ann. It's Carrie's birthday month. It's fucking August. And if you are kicking and streaming fans, you know every August and September are birthday months for me and Carrie-Anne, respectively. And we, we respectively get to choose all four releases for that month. And either one, the other one can't say boo. So <laughs> do you, are you ready to announce a theme or do you want to do that when we come back for birthday month? I think You want to keep them guessing? Yeah, I think we should titillate them a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, you did not like it? Sorry. No, I, whenever I hear someone say titillate, I think of diddle. <laughs> And okay. then I think titillate and I'm like, no. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but like, titillate. Okay, so you want them to be titillated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, titillate until the Monday after next. <laughs> Until then, y'all, please remember to go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. A I C K N S C R E A M. You can write us at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. (laughs) More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm very ill. (laughs) And as always, sorry, Sorry, Mom.